Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life, talking about subjects from self-doubt to business to baby father drama, sex and loneliness. I want to ask real questions to my guests about real single mummy life. Can you really be happy? And can you be happy as a mum in general? Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life and the innate goal to try and find real happiness. So here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we have Pastor R.C. Blake from America. He's a father of four, he's a husband, an author, he lives in Texas and he's been a pastor for 29 years at the New Home Family Church. Now um, I have been listening to Pastor um, Blake for a while now and when I, I think he put up a post and I must have DM'd him and when he replied back I was like yes <laughs> when I invited him onto the podcast because some of the things that he says resonate so much with me and it's something that I'm still struggling with especially with like soul ties and why I do some of the things that I, I do and I've shared it on my podcast before with other women that um, I had um, a termination. I'm open and transparent about it. And I had a termination because I didn't want to be a single mom. And then I ended up being a single mom. And I find that sometimes in life, when you're running away from something, you run directly into its arms. So, um, and me having the platform, I started the, the podcast during a global pandemic. And I kind of feel like I don't want to pass away, for example. And God says, look, I gave you something. Why did you not at least help someone with your story and with your um your relationship because I feel like with God for me has been kind of like a tablet I've been taking but other people don't know I'm taking a tablet they just see me out and they think oh you're happy how are you doing this but I've got this secret tablet that I'm taking that every time wow. I'm in trouble I, I run to him but everyone just thinks I've got it all together and it's I don't have it all together at all none of us do yeah so, so pastor please tell me a little bit about yourself well it's uh it's quite a simple story uh i am uh, clearly a, a black man in america i'm 56 years old and um i've actually been pastoring for 37 years wow. so that bio needs to be updated and um, I lived my whole life in the, in the same church. I was born in the church that I presently pastor. I'm a second generation pastor. I'm the husband of Lisa. I'm the father of four, the grandfather of three. Uh, I'm an author. And um, my purpose in life kind of evolved uh, unintentionally. God kind of gave me this mandate to speak to the empowerment of women from a fatherly perspective. And so there's this movement that um, I've been privileged to, um, to be the visionary for, and it's called Queenology. It's, it's, uh, it's given to the empowerment of women 
to bring this generation of women back to a place of consciousness, knowing who you are, what you deserve, and uh, to, to be empowered to reach for all that God has ordained for your lives. And so that's pretty much my story. That's, I live my life as a pastor, as a family man, and I, I live my life really empowering people, not just women, but I speak to the empowerment of men as well. I wrote a book called Queenology, and I wrote the companion for men called Kingology. So I speak to the empowerment of, of people in general, but there's a specific emphasis on the empowerment of women. Awesome. And do you know when I do watch your um, YouTube um, videos, by the way, guys, he's got over 347K subscribers. So when I do watch your videos, I feel like it's you're like a father speaking to a daughter. And I think that sometimes that's what a lot of women have lacked growing up even if they had their father there that I didn't realize until I had some sort of therapy that I only dated men that provided for me financially that if you that's the only way I I looked at love but I didn't realize that that was what my father did when I was growing up that he would come around buy us stuff so that was what I thought love was when I was dating someone and the guy did something wrong but he bought me a gift I just thought okay everything is fine when in actual fact that actually wasn't wasn't love so when I do watch your videos it's like you're like a dad telling your daughters no this is how a man's meant to treat you no this is what you're meant to do no this is the value you're meant to have and um there was a particular time where I was out and about and I I know that a lot of people don't believe when people say oh well, God spoke to me but I felt in my heart that God spoke to me and he said to me that look Khalifa if you do not get married am I still not God you know and I found that oh that's good yeah that's good yeah. That's good. I'm sorry, couldn't you? <laughs> but I found that every relationship I was going into, even after I had my son, I was looking for this savior, you know, this person to come and rescue me. Because as a single mom, that is what we are told, you know, that, all right, you made this quote unquote mistake, um, which my child is not a mistake. Josiah is the biggest blessing I've ever had in my entire life. And um, like Jeremiah 1 1 says that before you're formed in your mother's room, I knew you, you know. So, I just, I every time I would go into a relationship, I would be expecting this person to rescue me, this person to fix me. And in actual fact, they ended up doing a number on me, you know, and it caused more and more damage. So Pastor, I want to ask you, so why do you think that there's so many single mums today then? I think, you know, just listening to you, um, it's broken consciousness. That's a, that's a phrase that I use a lot in my teachings. It's broken consciousness. Yeah. And broken consciousness is simply when a person is not consciously aware of his or her value as a standalone product or as a standalone individual. And what society does to us is society says, for instance, this is why we have so many single mothers and we have so many men that have fathered so many children they are not in the lives of. It's because of broken consciousness. Society says, well, for you as a woman, as a young woman to be of value, uh, a young man has to desire you. You have to be desirable. You have to have a relationship with the young man. The same society says to the young man, you're a man if you can sleep with all of these women and elude or avoid 
commitment. So you have the young woman that thinks that my value is tied in, you know, making a young man love me. You have a young man that is taught my value is in having sex with all of these women and not ever loving anybody. And so the whole system is set up for failure when the reality is value is not wrapped up in partnering or a relationship. Value is wrapped up in individuality. But nobody or very few people actually teach the young woman especially the power of individuality. In fact, about it, in a lot of societies, you're somewhat frowned on if you say, I'm going to take the time to discover me separate and apart from a relationship with a man. I'm going to even wait on this so-called marriage thing. I need to know who I am. Young woman is, is typically frowned on, and that's a part of the toxic cultures that breed broken young women and throw young women into the hands of broken young men. And it produces just cycles of trauma. I believe we have so many single mothers. It's because the young mothers are searching for authentic love and society has conditioned young women to believe that your whole identity is tied up in your relational status. Yes. And so it's like the illustration I use all the time. It's like, you know, you're trying to make a pair, you know, of, of shoes, but you have a half of a left shoe and you have a half of a right shoe. And you put a half of a left shoe, the woman, a half of a right shoe, the man, in a box and you put it on the shelf and you try to sell it. Maybe you succeed at selling it. You're going to have a lawsuit on your hands. Yeah. Because a half of a left shoe and a half of a right shoe is not a pair. It's incomplete. Even if you have a half of a left shoe and a whole right shoe, it's still not a pair until the left shoe is whole, mm. the right shoe is whole, they are suitable, they're a match, and you put them into the box, and now they become a pair. Individuality, starting at individuality. If we were to bring this to the biblical sense, Adam and Eve, God created Adam as an individual, completed him, put him to sleep, then God creates Eve as an individual while Adam is asleep. They were both developed in their individuality before God brought them together, contrary to the popular religious position that the world started with a married couple, the world started with two empowered singles. And then God brought them together and then God introduced them and then they became a couple, but it was after their individuality was complete. And so that's the long Baptist preacher answer to your question. There's this, this lack of individuality that is intentional because it keeps the woman on this constant quest for identity, purpose and value. And so along the way, the broken young man says to the young woman, well, if you love me, you will do X, Y, Z. And, and this is what love is. Love is, love is physical, love is sex. Yeah. And so you can't have sex without creating what? Children, I'm so glad to hear you say 
that your child was never a mistake. It was, there's no such thing as illegitimate children. They're illegitimate parents. The children are divinely ordained of God. I was a teenage father, by the way. I don't know if you know that, but I was a teenage father, uh, clearly out of wedlock and uh, in the church. And my it was my father who said to me, my grandchild is not illegitimate. You and the child's mother are illegitimate, but you can recover from that as well. And so that's, you know, that that's my my long spill on that. Okay. Can I ask a question? I know it's not on, on my list, but it's just something that is just on my on my heart. So just say that as a woman now, I, I've started speaking to someone and then we're both Christians. And I say to this individual that, look, I want to abstain before um, marriage. And they say to me that, do you know what? I don't mind abstaining, but don't get upset if I start watching porn or something like that. What advice would you give to a woman that has met someone that is quote unquote a Christian, but still wants to have sexual intercourse or is making you kind of compromise? Because this single mother journey there, I, I, I say to a lot of people that it's seasonal. Some seasons I'm strong pastor. Other seasons mm -hmm. I'm like, I need some triceps, some biceps, biceps. Yeah. <laughs> you I know? get it. I get it. So well, I would say this. You know, we take the scripture and where it talks about be not unequally yoked together. You know, and and most people unfortunately boil that text down to, you love God. We're in the same church. Bam, we're a perfect match. Yeah. Not so. There are a lot of other issues and things that have to align just because of, just because a young man is is a Christian saved even in the church does not mean he shares your same values. Because even in the context of your relationship with Christ, there's such a thing as carnal Christians. And sometimes you're not on the same, you know, you may be on the same journey, but you're on, you're at very different locations. And sometimes the value system of one individual does not match another's. And sometimes your commitment to Christ, your commitment to yourself um, is, is not gelling with the other person's. And sometimes what, what you're looking for and what you're desiring is not what they value. It's not what they're striving for. So I would say to a young woman that has met a young man that may have issues with porn or says he still wants to have sex, um, proceed very carefully, very slowly, very cautiously. Don't be lured into uh, the idea that having sex is going to solidify this relationship. Because I've learned out of through personal experience that the same um, fortitude that it takes to be a faithful husband is the same spiritual fortitude and commitment that it will take to be an abstinent single. And if a young man has not conquered or is on the journey of conquering his sexual appetite as a single, he's unproven to actually be fit to be a husband because if you can't resist the lust of single 
sexuality, what makes you think you're going to be able to resist the lust of marital or you know, ex extramarital temptations? So these are some of the things that I would, I would think I would, I would consider if I were a young woman. If a young man proves that his sexual appetites are that far out of control that he feels like I have to you know, revert to porn or I may have to go outside and do something with someone else, he's probably not a young man that is worth considering as a husband if you desire to have a husband that would be faithful because it, it, it goes into the, the building of the individual shoes. If you've not conquered the, the mountain of lust, and if you don't have control as a man of your sexuality as a single, and we're striving to go to the same point together, what makes a young woman believe that she can trust her heart in the hands of a man whose sexuality was, or his control of his sexuality was never proven? Does that make sense? Master, that has blown my mind and burst my bubble. <laughs> but that that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. What um what is the biggest mistake you think women make when dating and picking a spouse? Oh my goodness, is there one? Is there only one? Um I mean I could talk about that all day. I mean, I, I think I think the biggest mistake. Okay, let me just, just think of a couple of these. Okay. The biggest mistake is, is, is meeting a man and talking too much, giving, giving away too much information that relates to your psyche, your thoughts, your aspirations, your dreams. That I believe has to be number one because the young man is conditioned to become an actor. And he will play the role of anything the young woman, you know, idolizes or this ideal, should I say, of a man. He can play that role. Well, he gathers his fragments of information relative to how to act from the content of the young woman's mouth or even her social media postings. Young women many times put too much personal heartfelt information all on social media. And you have a young man that is a predator. He takes that information and he uses that information to fabricate this persona. And you think, oh, I've got the greatest man in the world, not realizing he's an actor who's getting his script from your offerings. Yeah. The second thing uh, I think big mistake that young women make, not only is it talking too much, but the second mistake is, okay, I guess this would follow naturally, not asking enough questions. You just kind of get caught up in the whirlwind of, of this young man's persona and you get carried away and you don't, questions reveal motives. When, when a young woman takes the time to question a man, a man that does not have good intentions is not going to hang around for the interrogation. Queens ask questions that only kings can answer. Not just sitting there and just, just blabbering, 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 and this young man playing a role. Take a pause on all of the, the sexual energy and start asking, turn this situation cerebrally. Turn it from 
the emotional and the, the sexual and turn it to the cerebral and the spiritual and start asking this young man questions and start listening for specific answers to see what is his depth. The third thing I, I would say, I know you asked for one, but I just can't stop right now. The third thing is, I think every young woman has to revisit this thing that she calls her type. Okay. Because I say to young women all of the time from all around the world, Bad boy. they are great. They are great guys. They really are great guys. It's just that a great guy just doesn't seem to be your type. Mm -hmm. I can introduce you to a great guy. I know a lot of them, but they are rarely your type. Where did you get your type from? Social conditioning, the movies, the music, the magazines, society at large. And when you boil your type down, it boils out, it boils down to being a bad boy. Yeah. You know, one that is prone to break your heart one that is edgy, that's, that's your type. And then you wanna push back on me, well, Bishop, Pastor, you know, I just have a certain type and this is what I want. And then I ask the question, well, the last five men that broke your heart, were they your type? Then it gets quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they were my type. So your type is the kind that would come into your life and break your heart. You have to, I would, I would encourage young women to really revisit this thing relative to type, because if we were to be completely honest, your type really boils down to what you see with your eyes. There's really not a, a cerebral inspection of the man. There's no spiritual discernment of the man. Your type boils down to the way he looks. And you keep, if you keep running behind looks, you're gonna keep getting the same result. Definitely. And so I, I think that young women have to really go inside and really revisit what your type is. What do you mean by your type? And is this something that is deeper than just a superficial surface level attraction sexually? Definitely. And so I'll stop right there because I know you asked for one. Yeah, no, no, I really, I think what you said is completely right in regards to you, women having a type and the bad boys. I often say to women that we are, for some reason, natural project managers and we just see a broken thing and we want to fix it. And in actual fact, it ends up fixing us. And I, I, I find that in my past relationships, I've been trying to play God, you know, and you can't mm -hmm. fix someone you know, because they cause so much damage that in the next relationship, I have found myself expecting the new partner to lick wounds that they didn't create. You did not That's create exactly this right. problem. And it's like going to an airport, you know, with someone and you have excess baggage and you're expecting them to, you know, help you pack, unpack and you're like, <laughs> why is this here? And why is that there? And why is this there? You know? So, yeah. <laughs> It, 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 that's good i'm gonna use that that's a great illustration so what what you said is 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 completely correct i did watch one of your youtube videos where you were talking about energy and i do you know as soon as i watched that video i sent it to everyone i was like oh my god guys listen to what he's saying about men and energy and women and energy and just you said something about some men do not like women um and i've never heard anyone say that before it is very true. Um, 
and it's it's uh it's unfortunate but you have a lot of men that actually hate women and we have to draw the distinction between a man desiring a woman's body versus a man really loving a woman just because a man would have sex with you over and over and over and over again it does not mean that he loves you society has conditioned a woman to 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 believe that a man's sexual desire for a young woman equates to equates to love, and it does not. There are a lot of men that uh, desire a woman's body, but they hate the woman. And you know, there are some biblical characters that you know play this out. David had um, a son and a daughter. I'm trying to remember the names now, um, but. Nevertheless, you have the son who's the half brother to his sister. And the Bible says he has this uh, love for her, which was really a sexual desire. He lures her into his chambers, playing like he's sick. Is it Tamar? And there you thank you for helping me. And I'm old. You got to help me, babe. Tamar. And he lures her into his chambers playing like he's sick. He rapes her, long story short. And then immediately after he rapes her, the Bible says, now the hatred he had for her was far greater than the lust he had for her. So many women believe that a man's sexual advances is an indication of admiration and love, when in a lot of cases, it is really, um, it's, a, it's a hatred. It's a, it's a, the under, undertone of that behavior many times is a hatred. This is why a man can constantly break a woman over and over and over again. This is why a man would use language with a woman that he knows is going to break her soul. He is using it intentionally to break her soul because the more broken her soul is, the more he's able to reach into her heart and steer her life with his perversions. And so young women have to really begin to pay attention to the energy of a man. The Bible says there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty giveth them understanding. You have to take a pause from the eyeballs and the looks and the, the sexual energy. And you have to take a pause and you have to pay attention to the cerebral signals, the spiritual discernment, because there's something that will regi register in your spirit relative to the energy of a man. He may be saying all the right stuff. He may look good on paper. But if you have that witness on the inside of you that something is, is, is really wrong here, run, Forrest, run because your spirit never lies and your spirit will pick up on the energy. You just have to take the time to pay attention to what's going on in your heart when you're around a person. Like you and I are having this conversation right now. There's a certain energy that is flowing. I can feel your energy. I can feel the purity of it. You know what I mean? You can feel my energy. Well, when we start dealing with these relationships or these potential relationships from that spiritual frequency. The spirit of God will never steer you wrong. The only times I've ever gotten in trouble were when I ignored the Holy Spirit 
And then after things, you know, shook out the way they did, I was always able to come back and say, man, you know, I used to say something told me, no, it wasn't something, it was someone. And that someone was the Holy Spirit who was giving me signals. This guy or this person is not good. This person is not good. Time out, take a break, run. But having that mindset, as you just said, as young women, wanting to fix a man, you ignore it. Or I, I, can, I can change him. I know I feel something's not right, but I can change him. I can make him really love me. I, he, he's broken. I can heal him. No, you can't. If his mama couldn't fix him, if God has not healed him, mm -mm. run, Florestine, run. Pastor, you're so, no, you're so right in regards to the energy. And I think that I, I, I say to people that every time I've tried to fight God about a situation, I've always lost. And there's so many times just at the beginning stages when you're talking to someone and you know that you know that you know this person, they've said certain red flags, but you're still, I don't know whether it's, like I said, it's seasonal for certain, for me anyway, I'm going to speak on, on me, but for me, it's seasonal that. I know someone might not be right for me, and yet I'm still like, oh, do you know what? They're saying the right things, you know? And I don't know whether it's because of, when you look at Adam and Eve, like the snake said something to Eve in her ears, right. you know? There's something about our ears that when someone comes at, the, at a particular time and when they just say the right things, before you know it, like you're doing, like there's certain things that I do or I've done recently, and I'm like, oh my God, Khalifa, is this you? Like, what are you doing? You, I, Every time I feel like I've jumped a particular hurdle, you know, somehow I'm, I've been dragged, dragged back. And like you said in one of your videos about soul ties, I know that that's something that I'm still struggling with. I need to personally break. I don't know what's happened. Maybe I've got fundamental daddy issues. Who knows? But there's, there's something about soul ties that I refused to listen to before. But I know now that it, there, you have to learn how to break it because before you know it, you're going to be dating the exact same person but they'll just look different absolutely well the 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 psychologists call it paradigms yeah. and paradigms are are basically thought systems that govern our lives unconsciously um paradigms keep us locked into certain levels subconsciously that we consciously want to break out of, but we don't know how to get out of it. Um, the apostle Paul calls it strongholds in the Bible. It's a stronghold is a thought system that's set up in the soul that locks a certain mindset in and keeps you from becoming free in that area. And so that's all a soul tie is. It is a stronghold, it is a paradigm, a thought system that my sense of value is locked into this. I've, you know, you have thoughts like I've made so much, I've invested so much time into this, I can't let it go, so forth and so on. And it 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 does not allow you to break free. And the only way to really break free is to recognize it for what it is, prepare yourself for the pain of breaking it, because breaking soul ties is always painful. It's, it's amazing how it seems to be so pleasurable when you're creating them, 
but it feels like it's gonna kill you when you're breaking them. And so I applaud you for recognizing because that is fundamental in the process of breaking them and moving your life to a place of freedom. Thank you, Pastor. So if there's any single mom listening right now, Pastor, what would be one advice that you would like to give them or a word of encouragement? Um, I would say to any single mom listening, you are not defined by your mistakes. Rather, you are refined by them. You have to learn how to take there, there, there are one of two choices, door number one, door number two, at every point in our lives when we blundered or made error in whatever uh, parts of our lives, there's the pain and the shame, or there's the lesson and the wisdom. You can't take both. You have to choose which one you're going to take from this experience. Oh, I messed up. I slept with this one and I did that. And this is against my value system. And I can't believe I did that. And the world wants you to get locked in on the mistakes you've made. And then the world wants you to define yourself by your mistakes. You're not defined by your mistakes in the eyes of God. You're refined by them. Now you have to step back from all of the opinions of the world you have to ask yourself, now, what am I taking from these experiences? Am I going to do like most people and take the pain and the shame, which only, you know, solidifies the soul tie. It only solidifies the stronghold. Or am I going to take the lesson and the wisdom and elevate my life to a place that will be unbelievable and break free from that shame, you know, break free from it. Uh, and know that God has a great plan for you. <clears throat> More than the world around you um, has probably dictated you to be. And uh, your future is amazing. Amen. That's what I would say. Amen. Pastor, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm on, uh, trying to remember these things now. I'm on Twitter at RSC underscore Blakes. I'm on Instagram at RSC Blakes Jr. I'm on Facebook at RSC Blakes Jr. And of course I'm on YouTube at RSC Blakes Jr. And um, my, my website is rcblakes.com. And just kind of look for me and, and see what the old man is doing. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the happy single moms podcast i can't appreciate the the advice that you have given us here and um i'm hoping it would i know that it would bless someone listening thank you pastor thank you so much i appreciate you it's fine